Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. Coming at you with our full divisional round preview. Uh, recording on a Thursday night before the weekend here. Games on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Cody, your Chiefs are playing the first slot on Saturday at 3.30. You've had uh, a whole three days since our last podcast to kind of uh, digest this game. Are you feeling as confident as you were uh, early in the week, has your opinion changed, or are you uh, getting a little bit nervous as a as a Chiefs fan? Uh, I definitely think I'm confident that we're going to win it. Um, just I I think that a lot of the media has the Chiefs winning by you know two touchdowns, and they're talking about the Chiefs like this game doesn't really matter. So I don't really like that kind of mentality. I think that you know, like I said in our last po- podcast, any given Sunday, anything can happen. That's why really everyone loves the NFL. So. Um, I think that, you know, Jacksonville has proven to be a, you know, a feisty team. They obviously don't have a lot of quit in them. They can come back. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough game. I, and as you'll see when we're making our picks, I, I don't think it's going to be the blowout that a lot of people are expecting. Yeah, I'm a little torn on the spread aspect of the game uh, for the Chiefs side of things, but I think I would agree with you. I'm pretty pretty confident in saying that they're going to win it. That will be our first game off the board here that we will talk about, but before we jump into that, just want to please remind anybody to please comment, like, subscribe on the videos, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We don't care. We just uh, like the listeners. We're trying to get the information out to the good people here. We're going to come at you with, obviously, our uh, previews of these games uh, in this episode, but we're also going to get you a couple best bets on each game as well. I just went through, looked at my favorite lines, uh, whether it be player props, uh, betting the lines, the over-unders. I have a few parlays in there as well, so hopefully if you're trying to put down a little cheddar on the games, make it interesting for yourself, maybe if there's a game you don't care about, hopefully we can help you win some money. Uh, like your boy did last weekend. Um, Cody, do you want to go ahead and kick off the Kansas City Chiefs game since your boys are playing in that 3.30 slot on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and get it started. So um, Jacksonville at Kansas City, like like Nick said, at 3.30 on Saturday. KC favored by 8.5, over-under right at 53. Actually came up uh, a little bit. I think it opened right at 51 or 51 and a half. So got that up a little bit. So, you know, people are expecting this to be a, um, you know, high scoring game. So I uh, I think that this is going to be, I, I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game. Personally, I think it's going to be probably 27, 23. It's going to be right at the under, you know, just barely. But I think Jacksonville is going to keep it close. Like like we saw last week, I think that um, they have a really good head coach. I think their quarterback's really good. You know, coming back from the first half where you throw four interceptions to, to win that game, super impressive. And I think, uh, like I said, a lot of people in the media and on, you know, a lot of major programs are kind of just overlooking this game for the Chiefs. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars deserve a little bit more respect than that. So I'm going to take the Jags plus eight and a half, and I'm going to take the under 53 for my uh, my picks this week for this game. Yeah, uh, I actually see this the other way. I think this is a little bit more about how you think this game is going to go. Uh, for me, on the, the line side of things here, uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I'm going to lay the points. Uh, I see some books at nine. I caught it eight and a half on the uh, sportsbook I was looking at, so if you can get it there, obviously take the extra half point there, but 
As far as the over-under goes, I think if you think the Jags are going to cover, you probably want to take the under here because I think the path to the over is clearly a Chiefs blowout. So if you're looking at uh, you know 34 or 40 points on the Chiefs side, it's going to be pretty easy to get to that over. So I think if you think the Jags are going to stay within, you know, like you said, eight and a half points, then you're probably going to want to take the under like Cody did. And then if you're backing the Chiefs side, you should take the over. So I'm not necessarily recommending it one way or another. It's just whatever you believe about this line is probably where you should go with the over under. I could see it either way, but you just have to back the side that you like as far as the spread is concerned there for the chiefs. Um, and I think if you want to just look at it from a betting perspective, the chiefs are four and one with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback against the spread in the divisional round like that stat quite a bit. The only one that they did not cover was that Browns game a few years ago. Baker Mayfield had a pretty good game and I think Mahomes got injured in that he one. Did, too. Yeah late in the fourth quarter, uh, but, you know, they might have covered if Mahomes had stayed healthy the whole game. So in games, Mahomes has stayed healthy the whole time, started the game, ended the game as the quarterback. He's 4-0 against the spread in the divisional round. They usually come out uh, pretty, you know, good coaches just do well out of buys like Andy Reid and, uh, you know, uh, those type of play callers. You, do, you normally want to back them when they have a week to prepare, and this Jacksonville defense got lit up pretty good by the Chiefs offense earlier this year. Probably would have won that game by more than 10 points if they had not turned the ball over. I believe it was three times to Jacksonville zero. So uh, could be – I think if the Chiefs win it, they're going to take it running away. If, if it's a close game, it could be could be trouble. I do like Doug Peterson. That's kind of the one thing that gives me pause. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lay out my best bets here real quick. I've got three of them for each game. This one, I'll start with my Chiefs bet because it is my favorite, and I think uh, this line is just – Straight mispriced here for Patrick Mahomes. It's over two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 100, so that's even money for you. And Mahomes has at least three passing TDs in eight of his last nine home games in January. So basically when it's playoff time and Patrick Mahomes is in Arrowhead, you can almost guarantee three passing touchdowns. And in this game, you know they're not going to take their foot off the gas unless this one is a four or five score game in the third or fourth quarter. And you know if it's, that's the case, Mahomes is going to have – uh, had a part in that, I believe. So I think that line is just completely mispriced. Cody, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good bet. I, like you said, especially if you like KC minus eight and a half and the over, I would expect, you know, Pat Mahomes to be putting up three or four touchdowns. If you, if you like that side of the line. So I think that's just another one. If, even if you're going to parlay it, I think you could parlay, you know, Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns with the KC minus eight and a half. If uh, that's the way you, ex- if you see the game going that way. Yeah, certainly. If you can find a sports book that will allow you to correlate bets like that, that have uh, you know positive correlation between them, absolutely take advantage of that because that is uh, you know obviously Vegas will win at the end of the day if you're betting on their you know their lines. They know what they're doing. They know why they're pricing them the way they are. But if you can correlate bets on parlays, that is a way you can actually get ahead of Vegas sometimes uh, with the lines. But Moving on to my second bet here, another one I just find a little mispriced here. That's Christian Kirk over five and a half receptions at minus 105. Christian Kirk, nine of 12 as far as catches and targets go against Kansas City in the regular season. He has caught six passes in 10 of 17 games this year, and he has been very matchup dependent. Uh, he has just been a lot better when he's faced you know, defenses in the bottom half of the league as far as receptions are allowed to wide receivers, Kansas City. Finds himself, I believe, in the bottom five in that category. And this is a game you'd figure no matter what, even if Jacksonville is competitive, they're going to have to throw quite a bit to keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. So I could easily see Kirk clearing this line by halftime, honestly. Uh, Five and a half receptions, just a little too low for his total in my mind. 
Yep, I think I think you're getting good value there at minus 105. So I like Christian Kirk. I'd also like Evan Ingram. I don't know what his over-under is, but um, he has been a focal point in the Jags passing game as well. I think him and Kirk are the main two guys. And then uh, Zay Jones is a little bit more boom or bust. I like Ingram as well. My one problem with him is he his involvement in the offense seems to come and go a little bit, whereas Christian Kirk is kind of consistently involved. You know, his down weeks sure. are five or six targets instead of Evan Ingram will you know find a one or two catch game in there uh, occasionally. But I do like Ingram's uh, anytime TD line. I believe it's above two hundred for uh, that anytime touchdown. So that's that's a good line for Evan Ingram if you're looking to bet on a touchdown for someone. This last bet I have is a little wacky. I, I understand, but we're uh, we're getting a ton here on the back end for it. Um, that is uh, Zay Jones, 120 plus receiving yards and a touchdown, plus a Jacksonville win at plus 5400. Again, this is just kind of all about how this would have to play out. This is all positive correlation here. Clearly, if Zay Jones is having this big of a day, uh, Jacksonville is going to be more likely to win than they would be if he doesn't. So if you get a huge day from Zay Jones and Jags pull off the upset, you get a 54-1 to 1 payout. I like these bets on the long shot side of things when you have lower very, you know, so a lot of times you're going to have to pay up for five or six things to happen in a parlay like this with a 51 to, 54-1 to 1 juice, but... Uh, in this case, only three things here, and really all three of these things should have positive correlation to each other. So I like this uh, this long shot bet if you're looking to just you know put down five bucks on something and hope it hits. Yep, that's a perfect way to describe it. I think it's a great long shot opportunity. Um, I got a excuse me, I got an anytime TD parlay uh, kind of going throughout the four games. It's a five leg. Oh, I like these. And I got uh, two in this game here. I got Evan Ingram, who you mentioned, I believe was at plus 220. I thought that was really good value. And then I also took Jarek McKinnon. He, I think, has found the end zone in just about every Chiefs game for a little over a good month. Bet as so well. I'm going to go ahead and take the, uh, the trend there and take both those guys. But uh, yeah, I think I think both of, both of them have a good chance to get in the end zone. And then on your Zay Jones bet again, if, if you're looking for a long shot, like you said, those three kind of – if Zay Jones goes for 120 and a touchdown, the chances of a Jags win also goes up. So, like you said, you're kind of getting that positive correlation. And uh, I like to see that. So, I like that one as well. Let's go ahead and move on to the Giants of Philadelphia. That's the nightcap on Saturday, Cody. I'm a little surprised to see you on the opposite side of this line uh, as I am. Maybe not the over-under. That one you can kind of go either way. Uh, I think it's pretty well priced there, so I'm not too intrigued with that. But I like this line quite a bit for the Giants at plus 7 and the hook. I think uh, this is an easy opportunity for them to stay competitive in a game where you could easily see the Eagles coming out and being a little flat. Uh, they haven't looked good in quite a while. Jalen Hurts, hopefully he is finally healthy for the Eagles' sake. But I just I just easily see this being a divisional game where the Giants keep it close. You know, Brian Dable, good coaches always have stuff schemed up for the playoffs. You saw it last week against Minnesota, a very bad defense, obviously. But I believe that the Giants will be able to, you know, make this a 24-20 game in Philadelphia's favor and, you know, cover that seven on the hook. I, I just really like having that hook on the seven, too. If, you, if you're at plus seven, I'm a little more weary, but seven in the hook, I'll take the Giants. Yeah, I, I don't – I understand where you're coming from there. My perspective is I feel like after the last week's upset, the public is going to be backing the Giants quite a bit. And uh, I think at seven and a half, Vegas is kind of just daring you to bet the Giants. So I'm just kind of feeling like I'm on the Philadelphia side because of that reason. But um, yeah, I think 
I mean, I think everyone kind of thought the Vikings were frauds and they were going to be, you know, one and done in the playoffs at best. So I not at best, but that's what a lot of people were expecting. So I, I think, you know, the Giants kind of did what we were expecting. I think Philadelphia is a lot better than the Vikings. I think they're a lot better than the Giants. And I think that they uh, kind of get back on track for their, you know, Super Bowl run before they go play San Francisco next week. So I think uh, I think Philly kind of gets it back on track. I like a minus seven and a half. And like I said, I kind of feel like that's more of the sharper side. I feel like uh, a lot of public's going to be backing the Giants after last week's upset. Yeah, the public backing on the Giants does give me a little pause. But um, again, I, I just think this is going to be a closer game. Uh, they showed pretty well in their week 18 matchup against the Eagles with none of their starters playing. I believe the Eagles had most of their starters in pretty much all game because they needed that for the number one seed. And I think Daniel Jones and this offense just have something going right now. I really feel like they've made sort of a, uh, you know, they, they kind of shifted the way that they, you know, make their passing game in about week 12. They went to a little bit more of a short area passing game and it's just worked very well. So we'll see how they do against a, better defense here in the Eagles, but I think they can keep it going, especially because the Eagles defense itself has looked a little shaky the past month as well. Um, I don't know if you have, do you have any strong feelings about this over under it's 48 right now. I think that's actually pretty well priced. I could easily see this being a higher scoring game just based on what I said. The Eagles obviously have a high flying offense. The Giants defense, not so good. And the Giants offense has just looked pretty good recently. So uh, I, I took the over here just because I think, if the Giants do stay in it, they're going to have to score quite a bit, but I don't have strong feelings one way or another. Yeah, I don't have a strong feeling either way as well. I just kind of took the under for, I mean, kind of the opposite reasons. I just kind of see this being a low-scoring game where Philadelphia wins by 8-10 to 10 and, uh, you know, the under hits as well. So, But that's not a really strong argument. I can see Philly covering in this game being a 30-22 to you know 22 game as well. So I, yeah, I can see it going either way. After last week, I'm not going to feel very confident on very many unders as well. I'm going to take them because I feel like it's a smart thing to do. But we saw last week, I think offense has kind of taken over in the NFL, especially for the playoffs. You think Daniel Jones is going to get a contract this offseason? I think he has to. They didn't pay, did they pick up his fifth-year option? Or is he playing on it now? Not. Yeah, so they have to mm-hmm. sign him this year. So, um yeah, I'd imagine he does. I think that he's kind of proven enough for New York to be happy with him for right now. I mean, Eli Manning was Eli Manning, but he was nothing, you know, extra spectacular during the regular season. He kind of made his money in the postseason. And, and with that one playoff win, you know, on the road against the Vikings, I think he he established himself as the uh, the Giants guy moving forward. So I see him getting um, getting a contract, definitely not a – a top level contract, but I think he does get something worked out this year. I saw an interesting question posed on Twitter the other day while I was browsing. Uh, I forget the source, so uh, apologize for not giving you credit for this one, whoever made this tweet. But two hypothetical contracts were laid out, and it was just a poll basically on uh, who would you rather have if these were the numbers you had them at. And it was Lamar Jackson at five years, 250, and Daniel Jones at five years, 175. Where would you land on that spectrum? It was actually a pretty close vote, surprisingly to me. But um, I guess this playoff run is doing something to change people's minds a little bit. What would you think? Yeah, I mean, generally, I'm going to take the Lamar side of it. I think Daniel Jones is really good, but I think Brian Dayball has a lot to do with that. So, I mean, in the New York system, if you can get – like if New York has that option, I think they stick with Daniel Jones just because he's – 
uh, good in that locker room. And, you know, obviously things to be working seems everything seems to be working like with the head coach and stuff. But if I was the Ravens, I would not, you know, get rid of Lamar for Daniel Jones for a lesser contract per se. Yeah, probably has a lot to do with uh, the locker room there. And like you said, the, the familiarity Jones would already have with the Giants system obviously gives him a leg up uh, as far as the value goes to the Giants. So this, I just think it's pretty interesting how quickly Jones has changed this narrative. I think the biggest biggest factor is his uh, his willingness to run the ball. Honestly, that has kind of just changed this entire Giants offense and really has elevated his game to a new level. Like the passing numbers yep. are not that much different. He has really just stopped turning the ball over and he started running it well, and... You know, that's it's a pretty smart way to do it, honestly. It's it's working. When you feel like you have a chance to win every game and you feel like you're playing for a competent coach that's putting a good game plan together, you're willing to put yourself on the line probably a little bit more. So may have been part of the issues before is the Giants weren't good and their head coaches were, you know, kind of looked at as jokes in the league. So maybe Daniel Jones just didn't want to run too hard for, for those kind of guys. But I don't know. Maybe that's just a little speculation. He seems to be... Perfectly fine under Dayball, though. Yeah, hundred percent. Jones is, I will say, it deserves some credit for cleaning up his fumbling issues. It's pretty miraculous how far around the spectrum that he has come. Uh, I believe I saw a stat the other day. He had eighteen fumbles in his first year in the NFL. Lost eleven of them. This past year, zero lost fumbles for Daniel Jones. Pretty nice. miraculous how uh, how far he has been able to swing that thing around. And I think a lot of credit has to go to Brian Dable, honestly. That's huge. Um, yeah, pretty pretty miraculous. But let's go ahead and get to my best bets. My first one off the top is going to be just straight up the Giants plus 7.5 at minus 110. Again, I kind of already explained why I like this line, so we won't uh, rehash that. But my one stat that I have for uh, the line itself is the Giants are 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games. That one is probably the Philadelphia game, so may not be my best point. But uh, again, I think the Giants just playing good ball right now, and 7.5 and is a lot to get uh, for a team that is this hot. My second line here is Dallas Goddard over 50 and a half receiving yards. That's at minus 105. If you got this earlier in the week, it was actually uh, you know more like in the mid 40s. Uh, it's been bet up pretty decently. This is just kind of an easy one. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson went off against the Giants last uh, last week. This is that has helped push this line up. And then uh, the Giants are they have given up the eighth most receiving yards to tight ends all year. So it's just been a position they have struggled to defend. And uh, obviously, they just got exploited by a good tight end last week. So it's just kind of an easy one to see here for Dallas Goddard. And I still like it at 50 and a half. Uh, if it goes much higher than that, I would probably stay away. But I could easily see him getting there. And then this last one, this is a fun one. And uh, I think it's one that, you know, you just got to believe the narrative here. It's Boston Scott, anytime touchdown at plus 370. He has scored a touchdown. And this is just ridiculous in his last eight games against the Giants. Eight games in a row for Boston Scott with a touchdown. We'll see if he can continue that in the playoffs. Yeah, the Giant Slayer, I think, is what Boston Scott nickname <laughs> is. So, um, yeah, that's actually that's a pretty good narrative to ride there. Um, you know, we'll see uh, how much Boston Scott gets on the field in a playoff game, but that would be it. Would be yeah, very yeah. interesting if he does find a way to get in the end zone this week. And, I, and even Boston Scott at plus three seventy, I feel like those odds aren't that you know that long for a player that's in Boston Scott's shoes. That'd be like the third stringer for you know Phil or New York's touchdown odds. I feel like are probably more like plus seven hundred, but Boston Scott probably gets a little extra juice because it's New York. So 
Uh, and then, yeah, I like the Dallas Goddard line as well. I feel like uh, he'll probably just continue to get worked back into this offense like he was prior in the season. And, we'll, uh, like I said, I think the Eagles are going to have a good game. So I think Dallas Goddard will be a part of that. Yeah, it seems like this Boston Scott narrative has sort of climbed into the uh, you know, the, the decision-making behind the team a little bit. We saw them give him a touchdown late in the game against the Giants, uh, the, the game and I believe it was Week 12 in New York. And then uh, he also got one late in the game against the Giants in Week 18. So uh, I don't know how many other games he was put in in the fourth quarter to score you know, in the red <laughs> zone, but it seems like they have you know, kind of followed this narrative a bit. Maybe the locker room, you know, has something to do with that, but you know, these are human beings. So they're, they're going to, going to react to something like that, especially if the Eagles find themselves, you know, up 10 with three minutes left in the ball, you could easily see Boston Scott getting in there. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to probably the best game of the weekend, or at least hopefully the best game of the weekend. I have a few concerns, especially on the Cincinnati side, but that is the Bengals at the Bills. Buffalo favored by five and a half in this one at home. Over-under is crept up, as has crept up to 48 and a half. It's been at 48 for most of the week. My pick is Buffalo. I'm gonna take I'm gonna lay the five and a half. I was certainly more on this line when it was four, but it has uh, clearly moved quite a bit. That should tell you where the Sharps money is at right now at five and a half. I think if it goes any higher, I would back the, the Bengals. So this line is pretty good where it is, but I'm still taking the Bills and I'm taking over 48 and a half as well. Not as confident in that line, but uh, I'll get to my reasons for liking Buffalo in a minute, Cody. This is another one where we disagree, so I'll let you uh, lead off with the Bengals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was hoping you had a strong argument for the over-under because this is another one that I don't have a strong argument for, so I'm just going to go ahead and take the under on it. So uh, nothing too much there. But on the Bengals side, I, I this is a little bit risky for me. Honestly, I'm just I'm kind of going off what the Bengals have been since Joe Burrow has taken over, and I – pretty sure that they have covered every spread in the playoffs that they have had. So, um, well, except for last week, obviously against the Ravens, but I just think that, uh, you know, I think the Cincinnati is still a very, very good team. I think that they have one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best wide receiver cores, obviously with the offensive line issues, the offense has to adjust a little bit, but I still expect them to be able to keep this somewhat close. And uh, like I said, I'm not strong on the over-under, so I'm going to just bet on the under, and I think Cincinnati keeps it close. Maybe Buffalo continues to have a little bit of a turnover issue and uh, give Cincinnati a, you know, a short field or two to work with. Yeah, I think if you're a Cincinnati better here, you're really hoping that Josh Allen's turnover issues continue because if they don't, I don't really see how Cincinnati stays in this game with the current state of their offensive line. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, but they are down three starting offensive linemen now. Uh, they're basically back to where they were last year during the playoffs when it was such a major issue. And uh, I'm just not sure Joe Burrow and company are going to keep getting the you know the luck that they have had in these close games. Obviously, against the Titans, it was kind of a meltdown from Ryan Tannehill's perspective. Against the Chiefs, you kind of saw a just complete collapse of the offense in the second half of that game. I don't expect either one of those things to happen here in Buffalo. Uh, again, they're writing this, uh, this narrative right now. They are, you know, they have the, the public support behind them. The DeMar Hamlin injury has sort of re-energized this team. And uh, I just believe that Buffalo is going to take this and uh, win by seven to 10 points. And I think if they do, this thing will go over 48 and a half. These are two really good offenses. And I think for Buffalo to cover the spread, they probably got to get to you know 27 or 30 points. And if they do that, I believe we'll get to, to 50 as, as a total here. But 
Uh, I'm not too confident at five and a half. I really liked it earlier in the week when it was at four. Five and a half uh, is a little scary just because Joe Burrow's on the other side. Like you said, he's very good. But uh, I do think I'm pretty confident Buffalo will win this game. I actually like this a little more on the money line uh, in you know some parlays that I have put together. I have the Bills money line in a few of them. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good line to take for sure. I think um, I think it's going to be a one score game either way, whether it's Cincinnati or Buffalo winning. So it's just it matters if it comes down to a field goal or a touchdown difference. So I just like I said, I think it's going to stay somewhat close. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens though. Like you said, Buffalo. I don't think there's a chance Cincinnati can blow out Buffalo, but there is a chance Buffalo can blow out Cincinnati. So. If you're going to take the minus five and a half, you're kind of you know hoping for that kind of a game as well. But I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping that we get that uh, that you know conference championship in Atlanta on the turf with these two amazing offenses. That would just be so fun to watch. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm sort of half rooting for that to happen with this line. But at the same time, I think uh, it's very possible, and it would just be the, the best case scenario for football fans everywhere. Chiefs, Bengals, and Kansas City would definitely be the best for your boy because I'd be going to that one. <laughs> <laughs> no tickets to Atlanta queued up yet, Cody. I thought maybe you would uh, be trying to make it down to you know the old old Georgia capital for that game. No, that's all right. I don't think I'm going to be traveling to Georgia that week. I think that would just uh, it's a little bit more hassle. I'll just wait for Cincinnati to come to Kansas City instead. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch my team lose either. Uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> well, move you did to twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that the not not in the conference title, but anyway. Um, I have a few best bets for you guys in this game. I'm actually going to start at the bottom here for Cody's benefit on the notes. Uh, Josh Allen over 300 passing yards at plus 175. Another one where I just feel like this is completely mispriced. He has passed for over 300 yards in 7 of 17 games. That does not sound great. That would actually be pretty much in line with where this uh, this number is at. It's about, I think it's about 41, a little over 41%, and that's kind of uh, where you'd find a line at plus 175 on the books. But uh, we have to remember that Josh Allen had that elbow injury uh, mid to late season. It was uh, sort of about a month where the Bills kind of changed their offensive game plan. They were running the ball a lot more. Josh Allen was not throwing the ball deep. Uh, from weeks 11 to 14, he was under 300 passing yards every single time. So if you uh, you know take those weeks out, it's a little bit of uh, statting there for you. But uh, if you do, you're, about, you're at about every other game. Josh Allen's clearing 300 yards. He cleared it last week against Miami. This is a game, again, against the Joe Burrow-led offense that he should be pressed to throw the ball quite a bit. And the Cincinnati pass defense does not scare me that much. So if I'm getting this much uh, you know, juice on, on the way back for over 300 yards for Josh Allen, a number I think he can easily clear, I'm going to take it all day at plus 175. Yep, I, I agree. But go ahead and bet that one. I, I like that. I like the way you backed it as well. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that you're – uh, taking out those games, I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because, like you said, they kind of had to change the way their offense was playing while he was, you know, dealing with that elbow situation. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all about that one. And then I did forget to mention in my anytime TD parlay, I did have Saquon Barkley in the Giants in Philadelphia game. So I did have that. And Fair. then, and then, what was his number at? Uh, his, I believe, was at minus one hundred five. So right at just about even. Okay. And then in this game, I took – which tight end did I take? I took Dawson Knox anytime touchdown at plus 195. 
in this game. Dawson Knox has been a uh, red zone threat for Josh Allen as the uh, past month has happened. So I'm just kind of riding some trends there and, and hoping he gets back in the end zone this week. Well, you might have another player to consider for that anytime touchdown because my second best bet is T. Higgins in anytime touchdown at plus 200. Uh, that, again, is way higher than I would have expected for T. Higgins. He has scored a touchdown in seven of his 17 games this year. So similar uh, ratio there to Josh Allen, except you're getting more juice coming back there with the plus two. But uh, T. Higgins I have another stat for as well. He left a game early three times with injury, and all three of those were very early in the game. Uh, that first one against Pittsburgh week one, uh, for those of you who have in fantasy, you remember very well, like uh, myself, it was about the uh, you know three-minute mark in the first quarter where he got popped going over the middle, had a concussion, had to lead the game. Um, and then two times later in the year, one was a hamstring injury. I believe the other was also soft tissue. Can't remember exactly what it was, but he didn't even uh, record a target in either one of those games. So basically 14 games so far this year, he has started and finished half of them. He has scored a touchdown and you're getting two to one odds, uh, on the anytime TD for T Higgins. I'll take that all day. Yep. Like that one as well. Same thing as the Josh Allen one, take those three games out and you're getting basically, Plus 200 at 50-50 odds, that's that's a good bet. I love it. And then my last one I think Cody will like quite a bit, maybe even more than I do. Uh, it's a single-game parlay here. That's, uh, excuse me, oh, that should be Bengals W, Bengals first quarter, and then under 49.5 at plus 900. So this one's pretty simple. Uh, if you think that the total is going to be under 48.5, this case you're actually getting an extra point at 49.5, and, and you think the Bengals are going to stay competitive, they could easily win a one-score game. They've shown you that uh, throughout their you know playoff runs the past two years. Uh, if they pull off the win and they lead early, uh, and this thing and this thing goes under forty nine and a half, that's nine to one odds on those three. They all correlate pretty well for me. And I think uh, you know if you're leaning the Bengals side of things, this is an easy single game parlay to play up and really uh, you know cash in. If you're only looking to you know bet twenty or thirty bucks, you can really uh, you can cash in on this. Yep, absolutely. And you uh, and the Bengals were leading through a little over you know half of the first quarter the the first matchup that these two had played in so uh looked like they would probably have been leading <laughs> leading after the first quarter of that one so if the game goes similarly we could see that happen again uh so yeah i like that one as well and like i said i'm kind of backing the Bengals here i want to see the uh the Bengals chiefs rematch in the afc championship game so i like this parlay quite a bit yeah, don't be afraid to play the opposite side of these. If you have a, you know, if you have a first quarter bet that has the other team winning, I don't really mind those at all because a lot of the times these first quarter winners just come down to who ends up, you know, I guess not winning the coin toss, but who ends up receiving the kickoff first. Obviously, getting the first possession is going to heavily influence who is able to score in the first quarter. A lot of times, you know, if there's a long possession on the first uh first possession of the game, then the other team, even if they drive down the field, doesn't have time to score in the first quarter. Uh, or, you know, if there's uh, one possession and then one possession, you know, one possession back, it's it's very likely that the team that possesses the ball first is going to have an extra possession in the first quarter to score and will just be more likely to be winning. So for sure. easy to play the other side of those. And again, uh, not hard for a team to come back, come back down seven, three, if that's how the first quarter ends. Um, you have anything else on Bills Bengals, or do you want to move on to uh, the nightcap here on Sunday? Yep. No. Let's go to Sunday night football, or I guess Sunday evening football, because NBC does not have this game. Cowboys at Niners. 
Cowboys, or excuse me, Niners favored by four points at home. That line has been moving quite a bit this week, back and forth too. Over under at 46 in this one. I'm going to take Dallas and the four points, and I'm going to take the under 46 here. Uh, honestly, the under is more of a gut feeling than anything. Uh, if I'm playing the uh, the public and if I'm playing um, the you know the stats here, I should be taking the over here, but it's just kind of how I think. Uh, this is another narrative-based pick for me, basically. I think if Dallas is to keep this thing close and maybe even win the game uh, and cover this four-point spread at the very least, I think this thing is going to go under because I think the way it goes over is a 49ers win and a 49ers win going away. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there, but I am going to take Dallas plus four and the over of 46. Uh, the only over that I'm going to take so far in these playoffs, I um, – <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. I could definitely see San Francisco blowing blowing Dallas out. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and take the points with Dallas because I think that – I feel like this game maybe should have been closer to two and a half is just the way that I saw it with Brock Purdy as, you know, the 49ers quarterback. I guess I'm just still not there with, uh, you know, him being over a field goal favorite at home. Um, or, you know, him even at home, him being over a field goal, you know, favorite in the divisional round of the playoffs. So, I'm going to take Dallas. I think Dallas has a really good roster as well. Um, so I think that I can see this game getting over. And then, you know, hopefully, I, I think San Francisco still pulls it out, but I think it's closer to a field goal, um, you know, maybe one or two points instead of the instead of over four. So I'm going to take Dallas plus four and over 46. Yeah, this will transition pretty easily into my first best bet, and that is the under 46. Uh, I don't have a ton of stats to back me up on this one. Uh, again, this is just more narrative for me. I think uh, Brock Purdy has had a pretty easy slate of defenses so far in his starting run here. The Dallas Cowboys are easily the best defense that he has played, uh, and I think if Dallas is to stay in this game, which I believe they will, it'll be more of a 20-17, to 24-20 uh, type of affair uh, between these two squads. And I don't see Dallas you know, putting up 27 points on these Niners. So I think they're going to have to keep the score uh, within you know, a 20-point range for the Niners if they're going to pull off the win. And if they do that, then I think this game will stay under uh, because, like you said, I don't expect – uh, this game to be more than a you know field goal or maybe four or five point spread. I think it's going to be a close one. And if you like Dallas, then you would probably think this thing's going under. Although Cody gave a dissenting opinion there, but uh, <laughs> that would be my my call on the under here is forty six. I like I think that that's my favorite over under bet of this weekend. Yeah, I I don't blame you. I feel like the under probably will end up hitting just because I'm on the opposite side. But I. Uh... <laughs> The, the 49ers, I believe, are averaging over 30 points per game with Brock Purdy at quarterback. So I just, I mean. Oh, trust me. Yeah, I just. I try to find any stat <laughs> that could possibly back up my underplay here, and none of them did. Uh, so you are really just kind of, this is a gut call on my end. I will at least admit that. Yeah, so that's that's why I'll, that that's my big reason why I'm on the over. The, the 49ers offense is rolling, and, and I think Dallas's defense is good, but. But the issue is, you know, with the, with the Buccaneers, they rely so much on the the pass game and definitely the deep pass game that Micah Parsons can get all over Tom Brady. Brock Purdy is going to have that ball out of his hands pretty quickly. I expect, especially if you know we see Micah Parsons coming on a you know pass rush just about every time. So I, I just think that the 49ers are going to be able to play it a little bit better than the Buccaneers did, and, and I think that their offense is still going to stay moving, but. The other side of it, I think Dallas has a good day. Like, I, I feel like this is going to be a really good game, You know, like I said, on Sunday evening football. So 
I, I just I think Dallas stays in it. I think that both teams put up a decent amount of points. So, and I also think there's a chance Brock Purdy has an interception or two, and and his turnover luck kind of goes the other way. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how Dallas is able to control San Francisco's running game. I think that's really going to be the key for me as to how this game's going to go. If San Francisco is able to establish it and uh, you know keep Dallas on their heels, get that pass rush off of Brock Purdy, then it's going to be a pretty easy day for the Niners. But if they can, uh, you know, rein in the the rush game, really kind of control uh, the gaps there, play eight men in the box, and make Brock Purdy beat them, I think they could be pretty successful. For sure. Um, my next line here is George Kittle at over three and a half receptions. You have to lay a decent amount of juice here. It's minus 160, but this one's pretty simple. He has caught at least four passes and five of six Brock Purdy starts, and Dallas has been extremely susceptible to tight ends this year. That's kind of the one area of this defense you can really attack. Um, so I don't mind this line at three and a half. It is minus 160, but uh, four catches is not a lot for Kittle in a game where I think – they may have to throw a little bit more than they did last week against Seattle. Only two receptions for Kittle, but a game that uh, ended up being a pretty easy go of it for uh, the 49ers. And I think uh, Brock Purdy is going to have to drop back to pass a few more times in this one. Yeah, you know what uh, Brock Purdy also loves to do? He loves to throw touchdowns to George Kittle, which is why he would be yep. he's the last leg of my five-leg parlay. So What's uh, his, uh, he's at himself. plus 140 for the anytime oh, touchdown. So love George Kittle, sure. love the over three and a half. I feel like um, the only thing you're concerned about if you're betting the over is, you know, the George Kittle was a little bit less involved when Debo was around. So if they kind of go back to more Debo instead of Kittle, that could be a little bit of a concern to you, but I think uh, out of the true passing options, downfield passing threats, I feel like George Kittle and Brock Purdy have the best connection, so he would be the one that I'd bet on the over. And then my last bet here for the Cowboys 49ers game is the exact same bet that I laid out for you on the uh, <laughs> the Bengals and Bills game. It's just an easy one to kind of correlate yourself and build your number up a little bit. If you're like me and you don't love one-to-one betting, especially because you have to lay down a lot to, to get back the number that you're looking for. So uh, this one's Cowboys for a win, Cowboys to win the first quarter, and then under 46.5 at plus 800. Exact same line uh, as I had in the Bills-Bengals game, but I expect the Cowboys to win this game if it's a lower score, or at least uh, I expect the Cowboys to stay close. And if they do, it will be a lower score. So uh, that's just pretty quick. Obviously, I gave all of the reasons that I like this bet for the Bills-Bengals game. I won't rehash, but uh, yeah, I think this is an easy, easy way to correlate yourself and uh, you know get a, a much higher return on your, your investment. Yeah, honestly, if you're going to do one of those bets, you might as well just do it for both games because the odds are there's going to be one of these games that, you know, an upset's going to happen. You know, not all four favorites most likely aren't going to win. So, um, yeah, I think that is a good bet. So if you have a hunch about a specific game, I think that's a – it's a good way to correlate. And like you said, get eight to one on on your money there. So I love that. Uh, Just to wrap it up here, my five-leg parlay again was McKinnon and Ingram in the uh, Chiefs-Jaguars game, Barkley in the Giants-Eagles game, Dawson Knox in the Bengals-Bills game, and George Kittle in the Cowboys-49ers game. Comes out to just under plus 8,000, 25 to 2,000. So hopefully we're celebrating big on uh, Sunday night when we're recording after the 49ers spank the Cowboys. Uh, well hopefully not for your uh, best bet segment sir but 
Um, I have actually one more bet here for you that I actually put down myself here on my local sports book. I want to see what you think about it, Cody. I thought I was getting pretty good action here on it. Uh, that's Michael Gallup at 70 or more yards and a touchdown, and then the Cowboys to win. That is uh, 35 to 1. Yeah, that's so pretty solid. I think those are, yeah, that's very similar to that Zay Jones bet, except you're not, you know, you're way less on the receiving total. And I think basically what you're hoping for here is Michael Gallup to hit a long touchdown. And, you know, at that point, you are pretty easily on the, uh, you know, obviously you have the touchdown and then the receiving total should be much easier to capture. And then if he does hit a long touchdown, the odds Dallas wins are much higher. So I, uh, I like correlating like that. And then, you know, playing up those very large totals because I can put down 10 bucks and, you know, come home a happy man on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Got it knocked out here in about yep. 40 minutes. I think that we have some, uh, we have some good bets. Honestly, I love that we kind of brought in a little bit of everything, some props that we kind of threw out there as well. So uh, hopefully go out there, go win some money this weekend. Hopefully all your bets cash. And if you're in any kind of uh, playoff fantasy game or fan duel, hopefully you bring home the cash there as well. Hopefully you have two friends like Cody and Justin that are nice <laughs> enough to uh, donate $25 to your account every weekend. That's ridiculous. Uh, nice I was on a theater when we first started this. <laughs> I was on like the first four in a row, and then I just I've gone ice cold. Like the last two that we've played, I've gotten smoked. Like not even close to where you and Justin were. It's like holy cow. I mean to reevaluate. Well, hopefully, hopefully your appetite has not been completely, uh, you know, subsided. So I'm I'm hoping no. Get actually, this weekend on Saturday, and Saturday, I am really pissed off because we did have a full we had a full slate game for last weekend, and FanDuel had a tech error. And canceled out our game. And my lineup was pretty good. I had a lot of people that I felt like had pretty solid games. Obviously, depends on what everybody else had. But I was very upset that that one got discarded because I felt like I had a good team. So we'll have to do that for this weekend. We'll have to make sure we do a full slate so that way uh, we get all of our options in there. Yeah, we can uh, we can recap that when we uh, end up doing the divisional round review as well. I think those are pretty fun to just uh, you know show our competitive side and then. Obviously, somebody gets a little bit of bragging rights at the end of the day. Uh, whoever ends up taking those DraftKings games home. Uh, my last one that I want to throw in here real quick is if you want to back your boy and his original Super Bowl prediction, Bills Cowboys still at plus twelve hundred if they both make it to the Super Bowl. So I like that one. I like that one quite a bit too. And uh, again, I, I made the prediction at the start of the playoffs, hoping it comes true. Yeah, that's not too bad. Don't I'm not even gonna tell you mine because I'm pretty sure both of mine are the two favorites, so it's not gonna give you too good odds. So it's, you're probably looking yeah. at like plus six hundred, plus six fifty or something for the for the it Chiefs forty nine ers. but yeah, nope, that sounds good, man. Well, let's get out of here and uh we will we'll it. get back to you guys next week when we recap these games. Peace out, everybody. Good luck, I'll win some money. <laughs>